Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Well then, I guess the real question is, could you could you tell if you've been saved? I mean, we've talked about saviors a lot on this show. And um, so what if the savior, the, the metaphor, the archetype of a savior comes and we find ourselves saved, how could we tell? What's going to change when we're saved? Do we, do we still keep our free agency, our, our free will of choice? Or once we're saved, we're like locked down in in God consciousness, and that's it. And there's no more buggering around because we're saved now. I mean, because if if we think about the beginning of this whole uh, ball of wax, in the beginning was the light, L-I-G-H-T. There you go. Poof. Right there. Stop. No more sentencing. We have light. We have heaven, or perhaps we're in heaven. And then, and then comes the word, and the word creates form, and now we have duality. And fast forward eons of time, and we have a planet called Earth, and it's covered with human personas, and we've found our way into the darker corners of consciousness here on this planet. Uh, we're riding out a karmic tsunami like probably no other. And so, and so if you're on a spiritual quest, if you are a spiritual seeker, or you intend to evolve your consciousness or elevate your um, spirituality, where's the finish line? Do you go back to light and that's it? I mean, we started in light or as, as, as it has been told to us. Well, I guess we weren't in light because there is no duality in light, but Along came the word, and then along came form, and now came an opportunity for the human experience on a planet. And here we are on a planet having a human experience, and a lot of us are really tired. We're tired. There, there, there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of chaotic energy. There's a lot of... Uh, spiritual saber rattling i mean th- there's folks w- who want to be seen as the uh, uh, i i think there's been a, a big void created in the consciousness of humanity or the normal of 2019 got blown out of the water and as we go to create a new normal whatever normal is Lots of people are vying for our attention. Lots of people are vying for our um, allegiance or loyalty or whatever you want to perceive it as. But I'm talking to you, the listener. How can you tell? 
if you're if you if you're telling me you're on a spiritual path and so that means there's a direction and you're going that direction for a outcome or a consequence how will you know how how will you know if you go back into light your ego doesn't exist anymore i mean light is non-dual non-local well you know i think we're going to have a great conversation tonight we're going to go off the deep end (laughs) i hope you brought your scuba gear because we're going to get in deep the topic tonight is the emergence of the world teacher maitreya and our guest tonight is Dick Larson. The emergence of the world teacher Maitreya. Maitreya is known to the world's major religions as the Christ, the Buddha, Krishna, the Messiah, and and under other names. His return to the everyday world fulfills the expectations of the world's religions for the coming of a great teacher. In Christian terminology, his appearance is known as the second coming. However, Maitreya is not a religious teacher and is not here to create a new religion. Rather, he is a teacher in the broadest sense of the word. He embodies the Christ principle or consciousness, the first of humanity on earth to achieve that exalted status. Benjamin Krem, who lived from 1922 to 2016, was the principal spokesperson for Maitreya for over 40 years. He was an artist, an esoterist, a futurist, and the author of 17 books on ageless wisdom teachings and was the primary source of information about the world teacher for this age. Our guest tonight, Dick Larson, is part of a large chandra of co-workers informing the world of Maitreya's return since the 1970s, creating a climate of expectancy and hope to help facilitate Matraya's emergence. Dick was a corporate business executive before becoming a counselor and educator. He is a volunteer for worldwide organization, Share International, You can learn more at shareinternational.org. He has been a guest on radio talk shows and produced a series of national public access TV shows. Dick hosted three television interviews with Benjamin and spent extensive time with him discussing the world teacher and the ageless wisdom teaching. About every 2,000 years, great teachers have appeared at the beginning of each new planetary cycle to offer teachings that will stimulate the next evolutionary step for humanity. 
We are now at the beginning of such a cycle, and the expected teacher for this age, the world teacher, Maitreya, is here now. So let's get into it. Join me in welcoming our guest tonight, Dick Larson. Dick, welcome to the show tonight. Hi, Les. Thank you so much. It is really a privilege to talk to you and your listeners. I'm grateful to be here. Well, um, anytime we we come in with new terminology or, or new um, information, I like to get clear about what words mean. Yes. So let's let's start off with Maitreya. Uh, g- sure. Give us some background of this so we know who we're talking about. I'm happy to do that, Les. First, I have a couple of things I need to say to your audience ahead of time just to make sure that what I'm doing is completely understood. Number one is I ask your audience, please don't believe anything I say. That would be blind belief, and I can't recommend that to anybody. I'm not here to convince your audience that what I have to say is true or to get people to think like I think. I'm just here to present the information I have, and they can take it for whatever it's worth to them in their lives. Um, the second thing is, people ask me where I get my information from, and I get it, you already said it, I get it from the Ageless Wisdom teachings, and the latest revealer of the Ageless Wisdom is Benjamin Krem, who lived in London, he passed away a few years ago. I worked with, with Benjamin Krem for about 30 years, um, and really, really learned a lot. At first, What he said went right over my head. He used to come to New York and L.A. and San Francisco every year and give a lecture and then then talk with people afterwards. And (laughs) the first lecture I went to, I understood about 2%. But then I got one of his books, his first book, and I started reading that. I was raised a Christian. So some of the stuff he was saying seemed really odd to me. But over time, I started to understand it at a much deeper level, and it seemed to all fit together. And um, so that's that's the source of my information. Where did Benjamin Krem get his information? Our spiritual kingdom has 63, according to the Ageless Wisdom, and I'll be referring to the Ageless Wisdom a lot because that's the primary source of my information. According to the Ageless Wisdom, there are 63 senior members of our spiritual kingdom. And these are 63 beings who are consciousness now, 100% consciousness or spirit, spiritual, however you want to say it. And they live in our spiritual universe um, for planet Earth, and they walked on the planet like we did. They learned all the lessons that you can learn as a human being from the planet, and then they graduated, became perfected human beings, and became permanent members of our spiritual kingdom. Now, they're called masters of the wisdom. They're called masters less, not because they're masters over us, but because they're masters over themselves. They've learned all their lessons, you know, which over hundreds of thousands of lifetimes, we each will. That's where we're each going. We're each going to become masters. Everybody's at a different level now of evolution, and we'll get there at different times, but that's where we're headed. So anyway, um, one of these members of the senior members of the spiritual kingdom was made contact with Benjamin Krem telepathically, and he had to be trained by someone who said, the master's trying to reach you. And he said, I don't hear a thing. And he said, well, let us, let us train you, a couple senior disciples of the masters who are human beings, 
trained him how to receive telepathy. It's quite different than channeling. Um, it's a, a higher level. It has more accuracy, is my understanding. So he had telepathic contact with one of the masters who made himself available to Benjamin Krem. So when Benjamin, when when I or somebody else would ask Benjamin Krem an answer, he didn't try to create it out of his own mind. He would just in turn ask his master and get the answer from his master. So that's where my information comes from. It comes from Benjamin Krem, who was in contact with one of the masters, and through him revealed the ageless wisdom teachings. Now, Maitreya. Well, you said you, have, you gave the most detailed introduction and most accurate that I've ever had. I want to thank you for that. The Maitreya is Sanskrit. It's his personal name of this teacher, and it means the happy one, the one who brings joy. And Maitreya is one of those senior members of the spiritual kingdom, and they usually never come themselves. They always send a disciple, and I can explain that later if your listeners are interested. Um, But this time Maitreya is coming himself. He made a physical body. You know, the masters are, aren't limited to Earth's, but, you know, they're not subject to gravity and things like that. They're master scientists. Um, they control the energies of our planet uh, in very big ways. So he made his own body. My understanding is it's six foot three, male body, um, and he doesn't need to eat or sleep. He, he works 24 hours a day. He can't be killed. Um, he can make his body appear in 23 places at once if he wants to. Um, you know, these are the, we can't even imagine the power and the capability of these masters. Now, they will never force us to do anything. Maitreya would never force us to do anything because we have free will. It's God-given and it's sacred, and they know that. And they would never infringe our free will by making us do something. What the masters will do, and especially Maitreya, he will make suggestions. He'll say, well, have you thought about trying this to make the planet better? Have you thought about trying this to make your nations get along better? You know, and so on. And then we can either follow his suggestions or not because we have free will. So they're not going to dominate us in any way whatsoever. He doesn't come alone. That's why I say they. So he will be the first to appear to humanity when the timing is best. He, he only has one shot at getting the attention of everybody. <laughs> He's going to appear on television and radio worldwide, hooked up by satellites, and that's how he will appear the very first time we see him. He says it will be my day of declaration when I declare to humanity who I really am. Because right now he's interviewing on radio and television programs around the world as an ordinary citizen. I don't know what name he's using. I've never seen or heard one of the interviews. Um, But he's doing that. And at some point he said the press is going to eventually say, wait a minute. (laughs) You know too much to be a real person. Who are you really? Who are you really? And that will lead to his day of declaration when he tells the world who he is because he will have been invited by the press to do so. That's who Maitreya is. He, just like you said, he comes as a teacher, a pure teacher, not to start a religion. His first four priorities, first five, are healing the planet, food for everybody, housing for everybody, 
health care for everybody and education for everybody as a basic human right. Now, all of those are already been set up by the United Nations as a basic human right, but we haven't done it. So he's going to guide us and make suggestions on how we can get everybody fed and housed and health care for everybody and education for everybody. And he says education isn't going to be for a job. It's going to be for whatever your interests are in life. If you want to be educated in art or music, that's what we'll educate you in. We'll find ways to get that set up so that that can happen. So he comes to lead us into the new age. You mentioned this new planetary cycle. It's the age of Aquarius. And Aquarius, two primary energies are cooperation and synthesis. We're going to learn how to work together, which we're certainly not doing now. (laughs) Right, Les? Right. Well, now, humanity, I mean, um, the rank and file of collective consciousness, I mean, oh, my God, have we been in a deep sleep or what? 2020 was like a alarm clock. I I like to think of 2020 and the sub- subsequent years after was like uh, not only an alarm clock, but a rototiller to to root up our collective subconscious, our collective collective neurosis, so to speak. And uh, I like what you said about uh, Maitreya uh, respects our free will, but if if we're asleep, it, metaphorically, if we're metaphorically ignorant to uh, a deeper truth, how do how do how does the collective if we have free will how does the collective choose to recognize Maitreya's teachings as a vehicle for change and not expect our governments or our our established religions on the planet to be the vehicle of that change yeah that's a great question um i'll do my best uh Maitreya has said through Benjamin Krem and his master, he's, he's, told, he's told us that when he comes forward on the Day of Declaration, he anticipates that there will be about one-third of the people on the planet who will want to follow his suggestions, that, that, that they'll say, this makes sense to me, let's try it. He said there will be about a third of the planet who will take a wait-and-see attitude. I don't know. This guy could be bad. I don't know if he's good. Let me wait and see what happens, what he does, what he says, and so on. Because the tree is known by its fruit. you know. So they're going to kind of watch and see what he does and what he says. Um, and the, third, the other third of the planet will say, no, 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 he's a bad guy. Look out, look out, look out, and won't follow any suggestions. Well, that one-third of the planet, because we're almost at 8 billion now, Um, That one-third of the planet is more than the critical mass needed to start changing life on this planet for the better. So it won't happen all at once. There will be a certain percentage of people who will say, yes, make make some suggestions because I want to help. And there are really good people who are awake enough to want to do that, just not everybody, just not the majority. Right. And so that's what will start this whole process, Les, and, and then it will be like a ball, snowball rolling down a hill. More people and more people will say, well, God, so far everything he's said, he's done. Everything he's said has happened. 
um, and th- looks good to me. I think I'm going to try a few of his suggestions, that kind of thing. So right. it'll happen that way. Now, though, something that Benjamin Crumb's master told him will happen very quickly is that everybody on the planet will be fed. We have a 15%, uh, maybe it's 14, 14% surplus per capita of food on this planet. There's plenty of food, but it's not getting distributed. Well, there are people behind the scenes, I'm told, who are, who are making up plans or have already made up a plan to get this food distributed so the little dictators can't steal it from their people and so on like that. Uh, and, and that within two years of his coming forward, there will be no more starvation on the planet. That, I mean, that would be a miracle. I mean, we're, we are so lucky to be alive at this time, you, Les, and our listeners, um, because we are being blessed with being able to see miraculous changes for the good in our lifetime, I mean, my personal, this is not official from Share International, but my personal opinion is that Maitreya will be coming forward openly to humanity no later than 2026, probably 2025 or sooner, um, because we're ready. He wouldn't have come forward if we weren't ready. We're ready well, for the new teachings. We're ready for changes. There's going to be a lot of people upset because there's going to be a lot of changes in the government, in education, in the arts, in finance, in every aspect of life. Well, you know, if you look at the uh, the metaphor of fixing a bicycle versus riding a bicycle, they're two completely different things. When I'm fixing a bike, I'm and pumping up the tire, I'm putting the chain back on. But if I'm riding a bike, oh my God, this is quite different. I have to choose where I want to go. And once I launch the bike and start riding the bike, I am a creator of sorts of sorts. Yes. And and so if you look at the uh, uh, conundrum, if you will, of of humanity, we've got this you know, get up in the morning, get on the bus, I got to go to work, I come home, you know, um, you're born, you're educated, you enter the workforce, you retire. And and none of that is really honoring the potential of our human persona. How, so if Maitreya and and the mechanism that he um, oversees takes care of our food, takes care of our home, takes care of our health, we're not we don't have the consciousness in our psyche to live a life that isn't based around um work and toil if that makes sense how do we how do we activate the the dream within a persona the uh, you see what i'm getting at i mean humanity humanity's not used to um anything outside of the old narrative no, but I think you're underestimating the potential of a great segment of humanity, Les. And I'll tell you, you can't ride the bike until you fix it. So fixing it leads to riding it. Here's where, here's what's going to happen, as, as far as I know. I don't know all the details. On the day of declaration, when he tells us who he is, he's going to speak to everybody on the planet that's over the age of 14 telepathically in our head. So it'll be a strange experience. We'll see his face on TV, but his lips won't move, yet we'll be hearing his words. 
in our head in whatever our native language is. And here's the experience. He's, that's one way we'll know it's him, by the way. The second way you'll know it's him is that he embodies, he embodies the Christ consciousness, which is love, the love of God. And he is going to send that love of God out to us during this time when he's speaking. In a huge way, he said, it will be as if I physically embrace you. We will feel the love of God in our hearts like we've never felt it before. A lot of people be crying. I'll probably be one of them. <laughs> That's the second way you'll know it's him, and then you can decide how you want to react. You know, um, The third way we'll know it's him is that after he's done speaking for 30, 40, 45 minutes, nobody knows how long. After he's done speaking, there will be press reports from around the world last that while he was speaking, hundreds of thousands of people were miraculously healed. And in those three ways, we'll know that this is the world teacher, and then it'll be a very personal experience. It'll be a very personal response. We can either decide to follow his suggestions or wait and see or not follow them, you know, and, and it'll be an individual experience. Here's what I know is going to happen, what I've been told is going to happen when he speaks. He's going to give us a glimpse of our past. We'll see it in our mind's eye. Benj he gave Benjamin Krem this experience so that he could share it with us. Um, we, he, will, he said it was like you were looking in a clear globe, but you were in the globe. And he said he could see all of the events of the past happening all at once. He could hear the noise. He could, he could smell the smells. He could see the battles. He could, he could see the dust and the smoke. He's going to give us an experience of the past and show us where humanity has lost our way, because we have. And then, to inspire us, we're going to see have the same experience of the brilliant, wonderful, loving, fulfilling, sharing, cooperative future that humanity has ahead of us if we make wise choices. And he will give us that experience. We'll, it's like we'll be there in the future, in our, minds, in our mind's eye. And that will inspire us to follow his suggestions, that one-third that I said, and maybe more than that. You know, nobody knows. See, the masters know what's going to happen long run on this planet. They know what the plan is, and they know that it's going to work out. What they don't know less is the timing. Why? Because humanity has free will. So... Maitreya estimates that a third of the people will respond. It could be more than that. It could be slightly less than that. But, but they don't know what we're going to choose. They right. know what our choices are, but they don't know what we're going to choose. So we have free will, and that's why Maitreya's plan was to come forward immediately after World War II. But what did humanity do? We set up the Cold War, and that held him back. So... They know ultimately where it's going. Maitreya has said this. He said, I see your choice, and I am glad. So he knows well, well, that enough of us are going to choose to follow his suggestions and to create new institutions. Here's the problem with our institutions. If you want to talk about fixing a bicycle, all our institutions were built with the energy from Pisces because for the last 2,000 years we have been in alignment with the great constellation Pisces for about 2,200 years, and we've been receiving the energy of Pisces. 
the two primary energies of Pisces are individuality. Man has come out of the herd over the last 2,000 years. We have these powerful individuals that we are now, standing on our own, making our own decisions. We can read, we can write, and so on. The mass of humanity, you know. Um, individuality and dedication to an ideal. And it was dedication to the ideal of freedom that saved the world in World War I and World War II. So Pisces has done its job. But all the institutions that we have have been built with Piscean energy. And we're moving out of alignment with Pisces now and into alignment, any astronomer will tell you this, into alignment with the great constellation Aquarius. What does that mean? It means all of our institutions are losing energy. It's being withdrawn. They're crumbling. Education doesn't work anymore. Healthcare doesn't work anymore. The politicians don't represent the people anymore. The governments can't get along anymore. Um, everything that we have is collapsing, every institution, and that's because the energy is being withdrawn. And our challenge is to recreate those, recreate our educational system, recreate our government, recreate the health care system so that it works for everybody and so that it can use the energy of Aquarius, which is cooperation. Well, we, so we that's our challenge. We certainly need to um, uh, create new paradigms and new narratives because, like you say, the the fabric or the construct of our existing institutions and, for a large part, religions and whatnot on the planet are incongruent with that of of love. But Jesus, Jesus was a flipping rock star when it. I mean, he was an ambassador to love, and he comes on the planet and um, love is. Love is a very powerful thing. I mean, you poke that with a stick, and you better be ready because love has a, the ability to transmute condition like no other. And exactly. and when when Jesus came two thousand years ago and 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 laid out the uh, the mechanism of love, so to speak, I I, I think he was. Um, I think he had difficulty in that the the mindset of the masses he couldn't really use a, a metaphysical terms or a spiritual terms that just wasn't in the vernacular of the populace at the time, and Correct. so he talked in metaphors and in yes. parables. And yeah. and here we are, two thousand years later, and the collective pretty much sucks at yeah. embodying love. So we done a good job. We'll, so when my my presents himself and and floods the consciousness of humanity, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you were talking about him filling the persona, the individual persona, with unconditional love. That'll yeah. wipe you out because we, we haven't had that experience yeah. in our lifetime, in, in our own right. personal experience up to this moment. He said it will wake us up as a child wakes up to his, to his new surroundings, and it will. See, it will, that love will inspire us. We'll feel it for each other. 
Benjamin Crumb said after the Day of Declaration, people will walk on tiptoe because they don't want anything upsetting to happen. I mean, we'll be so we'll be so caught up in the love expression, and we'll realize that we carry that in our hearts. We just haven't been using it very well. Jesus came to set the foundation of love. His teachings were really not for the people of that time. His parables were, and some of them got it. But most of them didn't. He came so that that teaching, that foundation would be laid. And as humanity developed and evolved and started learning, we could start applying the principle of love in our lives a little bit at a time. You know, the people back in Jesus' time, the the educated people, the people who could read and write, had the education of about a third grader of our time. That was it. And most people couldn't read, write, or do anything. They just followed whatever the priest said or whatever the tax collector said. They were the only two that could read and write, priests and tax collectors. And their education was, like I said, limited to about a third grade level. So humanity has developed so much now that we're ready to do it. We're ready to start expressing love appropriately in our world and to each other and and starting to apply doing the will of God a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And so that would be my response to that. He wasn't there to get people to instantly learn how to love. He was there to set the foundation so that those who followed could slowly start picking it up. We still haven't done a very good job of it, and I'm sure Maitreya is going to remind us of that. (laughs) Now, we were talking before the show started a little bit about – the previous masters, uh, there was the Buddha whose uh, perhaps core message was peace, and then, uh, of course, Jesus and love. Now, now you were saying that Maitreya's message is will or the will of God. Can you, yes. can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I can a little bit. But the Buddha taught the wisdom of God. Jesus taught the love of God. Maitreya comes to teach God's will. For eons, humanity has been trying to, those of us who who know we're living souls, have been trying to do God's will. And, you know, we're not quite sure what it is. Our souls try to tell us, but we're a little bit dense on that. Um, You know, the soul's job is to eventually get us to live like souls, like, like perfected. You were talking about the light, the light of perfection. You know, that's our soul. And it is perfect, and and it knows perfection, and it's trying to get us to act like a soul more and more and more and more. Thank goodness the soul is eternally patient, according to the Ageless Wisdom. <laughs> so, so I forgot what the question was. I apologize. Well, not a problem. Um, when so if. If Maitreya is here to to teach the the oh, will the of God, of yeah, the will of God, the, and yeah, and yeah, thank you every, for reminding me. And, and every human being has free will. Um, yes. Those don't those two kind of aren't they abrasive to each other? Because the human, I mean, uh, free will from the ego perspective rarely is based in love and compassion. And if 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 the uh, the new teachings is the will of God, how do we how do we embody that? I mean, is it the same yeah. for each person, or how does that work? 
there's an awful lot there. Let me see if how much I can address. Um, <laughs> free will. We have choice. We've always had choice. It's protected by God. Why is free will sacred? Because that's how we learn. Our job is to learn and grow. Our job is to evolve. And I, I want to talk more about that because that's, you talked about that in your introduction, in your rant. Um, and I loved it. I loved what you said, and I'd like to, resp- I'd, I'd like to respond to it. But, but we have free will, so we choose. We make a choice. It can be a poor choice or it can be a wise choice. We make a lot of poor choices, don't we? The goal, being human beings with physical, emotional, and mental, as well as spiritual aspects, the physical and emotional are running our lives right now. That's our lower self according to the ageless wisdom. The mental and spiritual is our higher self, and where humanity's going is we're going to start running our mind, our lives with our mind and our soul more and more and more, and everybody's at a different level. But the physical and emotional, um, so we make choices, and then the goal isn't to choose correctly every time. The goal is to learn from each choice. So we learn from a poor choice, we learn from a wise choice, learn and grow. Learn, and that could be the motto of our lives, learn and grow, learn and grow, learn and grow. And by grow, I mean growing spiritually and mentally and, and letting our mind and body run our lives instead of every ache and pain that we have and every feeling that we have. The problem with feelings is that they're temporary. If you don't like how you feel, just wait about 10 minutes and you'll feel a little bit differently. Um, I'm exaggerating. I'm exaggerating, but but you know that's the case. Um, and so we we you know we act we react emotionally, and then we go, oh my God, why you know the next two days we go, why did I do that? How am I going to make that right? Because we don't feel the same way anymore. So they're an un they're an unstable foundation for our lives, whereas mental and spiritual are very sound basis for living our lives and that's where the evolution is going to go we're here to evolve ourselves and to evolve the planet that's our job and and that leads me to your intro may i address that just real quickly sure, please jump okay in. um you said the every, everything is light at the beginning of creation everything was light everything was spiritual let me just share according to the ageless wisdom the big plan for planet Earth, um, actually for our solar system, but we'll deal with planet Earth. The big plan for planet Earth is that everything started out as spiritual, spirit, light. Then the physical, emotional, and mental existence of the planet was created. That process of going from spirit or light to solid physical is called involution that's the first part of the plan that everything comes from spirit into physical life the second part of the plan is that everything that's physical will ultimately return to light or to spirit and that process is called evolution now if we're in the middle of this sitting on planet earth we've 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 been involuted (laughs) so here we are our, our job is to participate in the process now of the plan that says evolution. 
And what does that mean? It means to evolve ourselves, to let our spiritual self start to control and take over our body and our mind and our emotions more and more and more. And that's our job. How does the planet evolve? It evolves because we evolve. So that's our job. Our job is to evolve, to learn and grow, to spiritualize ourselves. That's why some people become vegetarian or, or vegan, is because animal meat has a very, very low vibration. And, the, you know, physical vibrates lower and slower than, than liquid. Liquid vibrates lower and slower than gases. And spirit is above gases. So we are, we are in the job of raising the vibration of our bodies. And at the same time, what that will do is move us from physical and emotional up to mental and spiritual by raising our vibration. So one way to raise our vibration is to not consume meat anymore. Now, that's just the basic spiritual principle behind, um, behind uh, vegetarianism. I'm not saying, and nobody is saying, and the Age of Wisdom isn't saying, that everybody should be vegetarians. There are places on this planet where you couldn't survive if you didn't have meat to eat. So, and, and vegetarianism isn't for everybody, just like meditation isn't for everybody. But you don't know until you try. You know, it's really easy to be a vegetarian these days because of all these wonderful uh, products that are vegetarian now um, that used to contain meat. But that's not the point. The point is our job is to evolve, and that's how we fulfill the plan. And through hundreds of thousands of lifetimes, we eventually raise our vibration and raise it and raise it and raise it until we've learned all the lessons planet Earth has to teach us. Our soul is running our body 100%. Our physical, emotional, and mental selves are in complete 100% alignment with our soul, with the light source that we really are. Because we're right. spirits having a human experience. We're not humans having spiritual experiences. We're spirits. We are light. But we have this body and emotion that we have to evolve in the process. And once that's all lined up, we don't need a body anymore, and we become permanent members of the spiritual kingdom. And now we start learning the spiritual lessons of life more and more nice. and more. Well, now, what can people do if they want to help in the transformation or perhaps the evolution of the world? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, where to start is my... <laughs> um, first of all, in Aquarius, the energies of Aquarius are going to help us move from competition to cooperation. So a cooperative spirit... A, you know, people are still going to be competitive when they play tennis or when they play, you know, baseball or whatever. That's fine. Just don't be bloodthirsty about it, you know. Um, be cooperative. You'll notice that the game of baseball, which I've been watching my whole life, and I'm, you know, 77 years old, so I've been around a little bit. The game of baseball has evolved. It used to be bitter. When you were on base, you never talked to the opponent, Ever. You know, you might have even cursed at him while you were sitting on second base <laughs> you right. know, at the second baseman. That's different now. They get on base and they talk and they laugh with each other. I mean, we have really evolved to a much more cooperative spirit. Baseball has evolved from it's important, my stats are important, I want to be the hero, to today I want to help the team win. 
That's a cooperative spirit. We're evolving that way naturally thanks to the energies of Aquarius. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we're headed. We're headed into cooperation. And what can people do? They can have a more cooperative spirit and a less antagonistic competitive spirit and attitude. Um, another thing we can do is be more harmless. Let me, let me make the, I'm not talking about helping everybody or loving everybody. I'm talking about not hurting people. Just imagine the world, listeners, if nobody in the world harmed anybody. Whoa, it'd be a transformed world, wouldn't it? Just from harmlessness. Forget all the love stuff. So try to be as harmless as you can in the way you talk to somebody, in the way you treat somebody. If you have something that's not very agreeable to say to somebody, find a way to say it in a way that doesn't hurt them, where they get the point, but it doesn't hurt them. You know, same, same thing in our actions. Try not to hurt people with your actions. What does that mean? Be careful when you're driving a car. Try not to hurt anybody. You know, um, look out for pedestrians. All these simple things, don't hit people, don't yell at people, you know, that, that harmlessness. Now, can we do this overnight? Of course not. But you ask for things people could do, and that's one of them is be more and more harmless in their life. The royal road to spiritual growth adds two more to the list that you asked for. According to the Aegis Wisdom, the royal road to spiritual growth is meditation and service. Maitreya said, make sure that not one day passes without some act of true service and be assured that my help will be yours. Maitreya has said, we need to try to perform some act of service every single day of our lives. Now, you could be walking across the street and pick up a bunch of trash, piece of trash in the, in the street and dump it in the nearest wastebasket. You just serve the planet by helping clean it up. I mean, it's little things. You can donate money to your favorite causes as long as they're helpful causes, you know. Um, that's service. There's all kinds of ways to serve people. Instead of arguing with your partner about something, you can just agree and say, okay, we'll go to that movie. You know, I mean, that's service to your partner. So service and meditation. Now, meditation isn't for everybody. I already said that. But honestly, you won't know until you try it. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a very there's a very simple little 15-minute meditation anybody can do. It was taught to me by Benjamin Krim, and that is you focus at the Ajna um, center, which is right between the eyebrows, not up in the middle of the forehead. Right between the eyebrows at the bridge of the nose is the, is the chakra called AJNA, Ajna center. You close your eyes because, so you won't be distracted. That's the only reason you close your eyes. And then you focus there. And you can use OM to, to bring your focus there, O-M. You don't say it out loud. That's a chant. That's a much lower vibration than thinking it. Thinking it is a much higher vibration. So you think OM, OM, silently, inwardly, a couple times. The O activates the heart chakra and the throat chakra, and the M activates the Ajna center and the crown chakra at the top of the head. And so that raises your attention um, to the chakra, the Ajna center between your eyebrows, and you just focus there as much as you can for 15 minutes. And when your attention drops, you'll know your attention dropped because your head will either drop down 
or your eyes will drop down and be looking at the floor, then you'll know your center of attention is dropped to your solar plexus, and you simply lift your head up and raise your eyes up a little bit and think OM a couple times, and with practice it'll just, your attention will just snap right back to the Ajna Center. And if you think 15 minutes up, you can set a timer or you can look at the clock. If you have an itch, scratch, because it'll just distract you. It's okay. Just try to sit with your, your back straight so that your chakras are lined up in a quiet place where it won't be too distracting. And just do that 15 minutes. I tried to do it less. I tried to do it 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the evening. And in the evening, I fell asleep every time. <laughs> so I gave that up, and now I just do it. I get up, you know, and I brush my teeth, and then I go and I meditate for 15 minutes. Then I say my prayers, which are, you know, another eight minutes or so. And then I go into my day. And I'm ready to go. I'm charged with, you know, when you meditate, you're downloading spiritual energy from your soul. And when you pray, you're uploading spiritual energy to the spiritual universe. And together, they complete the channel of communication with the spiritual universe. That's why they're said together all the time, prayer and meditation, prayer and meditation. So my suggestion is just try meditating. You, the, the idea of meditation isn't to cure you or get healing. It isn't to get great ideas. The purpose of any good scientific meditation, which the one I just described is, is to make contact with the soul so we can download that spiritual energy into our body and emotions and mind so that our soul can better grip our self to act more and more like a soul every day. Well, I really like what you say about, um, I mean, I use a little different language, but it's um, uh, pretty much bringing the, our, our ego, our emotions, um, purifying them. It, it's like uh, if we think of our soul as a much purer, a higher vibration consciousness within our persona yes. and then yes. and then uh we we take on we load our our psyche up with karma with anger and self-doubt and bitterness and betrayal and blah 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 and uh, uh to to purify those um uh karmic imprints from our psyche we're it, we move our ego up to come into communion with our soul, or I would say we embody the 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 love that our soul has. When we personify that love, all the way consistently, all the way down to our quote ego unquote, then we then we can more fully embody unconditional love as we go throughout our day. So what we're saying is pretty similar. Now, what does, what, what does the future look like? I mean, if, if humanity can um, align with their soul and, and more fully embody love, according to the masters, what does the future look like? There's a long list. I'll give you a few. That's a good question. Because people need to have hope. This is a desperate time. I'll tell you what we're going through right now. And, and people should know this. When, when you have Piscean energy crisscrossing with Aquarian energy, which is the transition we're going through right now, you have chaos on this planet. So what people need to know is that this too shall pass. This is a transitionary time. And the reason we are here, 
the spiritual kingdom brings into existence the souls and bodies that are suited for, that can handle the situation on the planet at that time. My parents were born because they were going to save the world in World War II. Men went to fight knowing full well they were probably going to die. They couldn't wait to go. They were the right people. Women worked in factories. They were the right people at the right time to save the world. Were the right people, I know it sounds crazy, but were the right people to handle this transition. It's why we're here. We're being counted on to help transition this planet into following the plan of God or the plan of the universe, whatever you want to call it, more accurately. Maitreya is going to show us where we lost our way. He's going to inspire us to get back on the path. All the major religions have lost their way because they've got, they're so filled with man-made dogma. So they need to be purified too. And once they do, they'll really serve humanity for hundreds of years to come. Um, so, and, and Maitreya says, I come for everybody. If you're in a religion and it's working for you, great. Keep, keep nice. it up. If you're not, I come for you too. So, well, now, an hour can go by pretty fast. We're coming to the I end know. of the show. <laughs> now, I'm holding the book in my hand, The World Teacher for All Humanity, and it lists the author as Benjamin Krem. Tell us about yes. the book and tell us about your sure. organization Tell us about everything you want the audience to know about, please. Okay. Um, the website, if you want more information, you already gave out the website. It's share, S-H-A-R-E, international, all spelled out, um, dot org, not dot com, dot org, shareinternational.org, loaded with information from Benjamin Krem. There's audios of Benjamin Krem speaking. There's pictures of miracles that the masters have accomplished to, so that we don't lose hope. Um, and Benjamin Krem has 17 books available on Amazon. I'm not here to sell books. I'm not here to sell anything. But if you want to check out his books, his name is spelled C-R-E-M-E. It looks like cream, but it's Krem. Benjamin is his first name. You can check them out, see if any of them are interest. I'll tell you, that's what changed my life was reading one of his books. It just made sense to me, and then when I reread it, it made even more sense. So I, I want to finish, though, what people can do. People can, can be part of the people power, march in the streets, stand up for what you believe in, um, and, and work with others, like I said, more cooperative. You can, you can send emails and, and communicate in whatever way you want to with our politicians, you know, so that they know that if they don't do what we want, we're going to throw them out of office. I mean, it's really important that they know that. There are lots of ways that we can help. Um, and, and try to be kind and more and more harmless. You might try prayer and meditation. You might try doing a little more service in your life. Um, I'll tell you, this is, this is a great time to be alive. Our job is to spiritualize matter, and we do that by, like you said, meditating. The Ageless Wisdom says, picture your soul as a multi-pointed white light, six inches above the top of your head, connected to your mind and your heart by golden threads. So when you meditate, you are truly downloading spirit energy from your soul. And that, the soul is white. It's light. It's light, which is wisdom and love. 
and you're downloading that wisdom and love to help change how we act. See, it's no good to have love in your heart if you don't act like it. It's the action that counts, how we treat others. That harmlessness I was talking about is the best place to start. Be as harmless as you can. Les, I just want to tell you, I have loved being on your show. You ask the most brilliant questions, and and your audience obviously loves you. <laughs> so I, I just this has been a thrill for me. I'm, I really appreciate it. I'm very grateful. Thank you so much. We've been talking with Dick Larson, and the topic tonight is the emergence of the world teacher, Maitreya. You know, it's, uh, I, like Dick said, what a wonderful time to be alive. What a, I mean, we're looking at the transformation of a planet. We're looking at the transformation of humanity. And I know it looks chaotic as as can be, but that upheaval, the the old mechanisms are not congruent or compatible with love, with the new dynamic, with the new paradigm, and so they should they should collapse. We won't, you know, push the the boat away from the dock. We're done with the old systems, but. The transformation of the collective consciousness is not a snap of the fingers. Uh, when you go from, when you make a change from one belief system to another, there's typically confusion. I mean, you don't go from Buddhist to Christian in a nanosecond. You look at the 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 points of view and beliefs and you go back and forth and in when you're in between the trapeze bars so to speak confusion is a natural it's a natural state of consciousness when you're transforming yourself so when you look at the chaos and confusion of the collective consciousness on the planet that's to be expected that's what change looks like. So, so what a what a wonderful time for you, the listener, for you, the listener, to experience your own persona, to look at your own narratives. I mean, so right now you're listening to this episode. Your ego is listening to the sentences that that my mouth is generating. And you're interpreting the meaning of these sentences. But you didn't have an ego the day you were born. You didn't. And and every single person on the planet was brought up with their own unique belief systems and their own unique values. And we use our values to measure the metric of, of who we are. And so all, all of that is getting... Uh, Reevaluated both collectively and uh, if you're on your spiritual journey, you individually. So, so don't be thrown off by the chaos of the collective consciousness. Don't just don't worry about that. That's what change looks like. And by God, do we need change? There's there's been so much suffering on this planet that change it. it um, 
if we're going to embody love, everything incongruent to that love needs to be resolved with their own, within our own psyche, and thus the collective psyche. So, what a what a fun episode! I thoroughly loved having Dick Larson on the show. I knew, <laughs> we talked uh, I don't know a week ago, five days, whatever. Uh, I I. I try to have a, a pre-show chat with all my guests, and and I knew after talking to Dick that we were going to have a spirited conversation, and boy, howdy, did we do just that. Hey, I want to thank you, the listener. Here you are at the end of the show. You showed up for yourself, and I applaud you for that. You're showing up for yourself, and I thank you for that. It's always a pleasure. I do this out of the compassion for humanity. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm your host, Les Jensen. You've been listening to a new human living broadcast. If you're a spiritual seeker, you're going to eventually bump up against your relationship with God, especially if you grew up in some of the more classic Western religions. Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior, is a spiritual book written for spiritual seekers to help them heal their relationship with God and more fully embody their own life purpose. Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior. Get your copy. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for listening. Until next time.